Basically, it's like, hey. What a wonderful kind of day. Y'all referencing Arthur right now? <laughs> hey, do you know what <laughs> So. <laughs> boy. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. If I had to cut off a body part... <laughs> this is our fun fact for today, by the way. I guess I would pick a toe... Ooh. I know it like messes up your balance, but like I'm not taking off. That. I'm not taking off a finger. Yeah, and I'm not taking off my whole. Oh no, hand. I need all my fingers. So I guess it's gonna be like a toe, whichever one is the least important. Yeah, yeah, and I'm only cool one. Um, like not on both sides. You know. Do you think it would be easier to balance if you missed if you were missing the same one on both sides? I do have obsessive compulsive tendencies, and I think it would probably eventually start to bother me that I, yeah. I I'm not symmetrical like that. So addendum. I would take off two toes. <laughs> like, the whole rule was just take off one, and you were like, hmm. But that would I have to me. go hard because I don't want to go home. But, like, have you ever had the thing where it's like your sister is sitting beside you, and then she just slaps one of your thighs as hard as possible? Absolutely. I have lived that exact moment many times. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, now I need you to slap the other thigh because I, it needs to be symmetrical. Okay, okay, okay. But... Counter argument. Since your thigh is next to her thigh, hit her thigh. Symmetrical. Yeah, I know, but it does. I don't feel symmetrical in my body. Oh, okay. Okay. It's like I have, like. I was saying visually, mm -mm. two people getting slapped two legs. No, it's not visual. It's my brain. I would never voluntarily tell my sister to slap me on um, the leg because she has talons for fingernails mm. and I'm not looking to die. Well, yeah. I mean, there you go. There's an example right there. Yeah, there it is. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And if I had to lose a limb, I would also say, like... A limb? Well, you... the Or a body... I guess an a body. An appendage? An appendage. I would maybe also pick a toe. Maybe my pinky ring or my pinky finger on my hand if I had to do like not the, not the same thing that you did mm. um just because I don't think I use this pinky finger for a lot yeah I just feel like aesthetically I wouldn't want it like I wear nail polish at all times see I'm fine no. I'm fine with things being slightly off kilter it makes me happy no no okay 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 we were Trixie and Katya but no one knew we were Trixie and Katya except for us maybe Sam's listening and she knows mm. Mm. okay today we have words to say about episode 320 of Riverdale Prom Night. Okay, so Prom Night is two different movies. <laughs> yes, we went over this in the last pod. Yes. But um, Prom Night is a 1980 Canadian slasher film starring Jamie Lee Curtis, and it's basically like, scary things happen on Prom Night. Hello, I'm a horror film. And then Prom Night is a 2008 American Canadian slasher film that is a loose remake of the original film with Britney Snow and Idris Elba in it, um, but it's like an ensemble cast. And when they say loose remake, they mean loose because basically it's like the only thing that is uh, like in common between them is the fact that scary things happen on prom night. Yeah, and it's called prom night. I really expected when it was called prom night for there to be more things about prom. 
Yeah, it turned out that the only thing that was really about prom was when they went to prom, but then immediately left prom. Yeah, like, for example, Carrie is like, a lot of things I happen- it would be like Carrie! A lot of things happen outside of prom, but yeah. it all centers around prom. Yeah, exactly. Know? And it really seemed like prom was kind of an afterthought, especially in, like, literally the B yeah. storyline had literally nothing to do with prom. And then halfway through the episode, they're like, what prom is happening? So. Yeah. Yeah. Brittany, toot or boot? Uh, I'm, it's a true newt. It's a true newt? Yeah. You wouldn't even on the side of toot or boot? Like Newt on the side of toot, actually. Newt yeah. on the cusp of toot. Yeah, but if you removed sort of the Betty stuff yeah. and just kept the farm stuff, boot. Mm. Thanks. Um, I would call it toot on the cusp of newt. Oh my god. So we're like right beside each other, but I liked it a little bit more than you, I think. <sighs> Probably. And well, I'm just, I'm at the end of my rope with this farm storyline. Yeah. It's gone on far too long. That's something that you have to grapple with when you have a 22 episode long season. I think it's that, and that's fine because, the, you know, they managed to draw out the Black Hood for 22 episodes. Yeah. And it was like, oh crap. But with this one, the because, Black Hood left for like a while. Yeah. That, well, yeah, that's true. But with this one, because you have so many of your main characters acting completely opposite from how they'd normally act, it, it gets tiring mm -hmm. because you're like, when are they going to go back to being who we're used to them being? And it's not like they're changing for the better. It's that we know they're changing for the worse, but then they're going to snap back to how they were before in yeah. the next season. Mm -hmm. So you're just kind of sitting here going, okay, like, hope this ends soon. Now, can I ask you a question that's literally just, like, what's it called when it's fan service, but it's just me? It's just Robin service. I guess. Yeah. Can I ask you a, a question? Yeah. So, um, the first three seasons of Lost were, like, 23, 24, 25 episodes long. Mm -hmm. What is the difference between why the Lost seasons never felt like something was going on for too long in comparison to why this feels like it's going on too long? great question. I think because Lost always had an overarching mythology that it could yeah. always return back to. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with the X-Files where they would have like multiple episodes, but you'd get a run of episodes that were they were called myth arc, where you would focus on the overall like huge mythology of the show and Lost relied on the same formula. Whereas because there is no mythology in Riverdale, when they get obsessed with one plot line, you just have to suffer through it and know that it will never be relevant again. Mm. You know, we're not on a journey towards a series finale where all your questions are going to be answered. Right. We're just on a never ending journey. Mm -hmm. And I think because there is no end of the road, you can get tired faster. Yes. But it's different from the way that, and once again, we have not, we still to this day have not seen season two of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. But one of the problems we really had with season one was that it was like every episode was um, just one storyline. And if you didn't like that storyline, then you just fully weren't going to enjoy the episode at all. Mm -hmm. But as an example, this literal episode, you just said that the episode was okay because of the, all of the Betty stuff and the Gargoyle King mm -hmm. stuff. I think because the farm isn't a mystery... Mm -hmm. And the Gargoyle King is. Yeah. The farm is like, at the end of the day, it's going to be something that we're already expecting. Like Edgar ever and ever has drugs that mm -hmm. he uses to induce hallucinations of dead people. Like it's not going to be as big a mystery reveal as 
holy who's crap, who's the gargoyle king? Yeah. You know? So it kind of feels like the farm is kind of like a filler plot line yeah. that they use to take up time because they needed to pad out episodes with the gargoyle king in them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's That's my opinion. And I think I'm just really frustrated that so many of the cast have been pulled in and then their arcs become about this farm, which means they're not acting like themselves people mm-hmm. they're not, it's not even that they're acting like themselves they don't act like people they're everyone who gets pulled in the farm immediately becomes an idiot and like alice cooper is so much smarter than the way she is when she's in the farm cheryl so much smarter than the way she is in the farm kevin fangs everybody they all get handed the idiot ball and then we have to put up with them just being stupid for a whole episode yeah that i don't want to watch characters degrade back into like being complete one-dimensional morons Mm -hmm. that's frustrating but like yeah even as an example like the earlier episodes this season is we were were not liking the archie storyline but it's like if i did we if we didn't like the archie storyline at least we knew we were probably gonna like what jughead was up to exactly you know so you were able to get through the episode and even in our podcasts we were able to find something to put at the end for us to enjoy yep. talking about. Yep. Um, whereas on the Sabrina podcast, it was like, if this whole episode is about Tommy being a zombie, it's like... Uh, That's the... There's or like only one plot line. An exorcism in Greendale. And I'm like, alrighty then. It's like, that's just what we were talking about the whole time. Yeah. You know, which which isn't interesting even as listeners, you know, for, for conversation. It's not interesting to listen to an hour talking just about Uncle Jesse's exorcism. It's not yeah. interesting. So, and, yeah. And with this, now that there are so many main characters in the farm storyline, and they're sort of completely reactionary characters, no proactive, like, taking place, taking part in their own plot lines, it removes characters for us to talk about. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, okay, well, let's talk about Cheryl. What happened with Cheryl in this episode? She wanted to be prom queen. She was told she wasn't allowed to be prom queen. That's it. Oh, yeah. That's all that... What's Tony done in the last couple episodes? Nothing. Kevin, nothing. Fangs, nothing. Alice, nothing. Mm -hmm. The only thing that they've done is just go along with whatever the plot's telling them to do. Yeah. So we're now, like, down characters to talk about. And Mm -hmm. it means the same thing with Veronica. Veronica hasn't done anything in ages. Not really. No. She does the same thing over and over again. She just serves other people's plot lines. Yeah. And even in this episode, she was like, oh... What do I need? Another business venture. You know? It's exactly. like her, all of her storylines are just business ventures. Which is, which normally I would absolutely love to watch, except that they all loop back to Hiram. Yeah. And I'm getting tired of that. I want to see Veronica actually run her business. Mm-hmm. Like when she was doing the casino stuff, I thought it was ridiculous, but at least she was doing something. Mm-hmm. We don't ever see her run Le Bon Nuit. She said that it was actually doing well. The last time we heard about Le Bon Nuit's business, it wasn't doing well. Yeah. Why did it magically turn around? Yeah, what happened? We don't know. Oh, it's because Reggie left? By the way, where's Reggie? Who knows? I want her to go to prom with Reggie. I mean, Charles was in that movie that's coming out recently, but I assumed that that was filmed, like, way before they were shooting the last season, or episodes of this, because... What? Oh, is that The Sun is Also a Star? Yeah, yeah. like, that must have been, like, movies take months and months and months of post-production. Like, that was, he probably shot that during the hiatus between two and three. Yep. So, it's like what's the excuse? Is he off shooting Break Up With Your Girlfriend, I'm Bored? Break Up Oh, man, you know what? Maybe. No, that would only take, like, three days. Yeah. I mean, so, who knows? But, I mean, we know that Jordan, who plays Sweet Pea, is off doing other things, too, and that's why he's not around, so... Yeah. Who knows? 
Um, one of the things before we get started here that you really were really bothered about was how weird the sound mixing was this episode. And I know it was on our TV because we then watched YouTube and everything sounded fine. Yeah. It, it's, it's like they, they boosted, um, the background of, um, everyone's mics mm-hmm. so that you could hear clothes rustling, footsteps, everything was slightly echoed. Like it yeah. sounded bad mm-hmm. and it doesn't. I actually really usually enjoy the sound mixing for Riverdale because they always kind of pay attention to like little things that you wouldn't expect them to pay attention to. Yeah. But to me, this sounded like the one time that I bought an episode of the hundred on iTunes and something glitched in the download. And the only soundtrack that I got was the background, like fully mixing with mm-hmm. no dialogue. That's what this episode sounded like to me. Yeah. Sometimes you get that stuff and you just, if you delete the dialogue, then you're like, um, what happened? What's this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what it sounded like to me. So yeah. maybe, you know, it could have been the channel we were watching too. If your episode sounded weird, tweet us about it because I want to hear. We have to check it when it comes out on Netflix. It's already out on Netflix, isn't it? Is it midnight? No. Okay. Hey guys, real quick, I just wanted to say that we recorded this part before it was up on Canadian Netflix. Uh, if you don't know that Canadian Netflix um gets the Riverdale episodes the day after they come out and the sound mixing sounds totally normal on Netflix so we're not sure exactly what happened it might have just been our uh tv channel um but yeah this is what we were upset about I guess it doesn't matter anymore did it bother you as much as it bothered me not while I was actually watching it but while I was doing notes yes it's weird right yeah it's like they accidentally like amped up the background stuff over top of the dialogue yeah it's just odd. Um, are you ready to get started talking? Yes. So I just split this up into two different storylines, Varchi and Bughead, which can you believe we're back to Varchi and Bughead? <sighs> oh boy. We got some really interesting listener thoughts that we will talk about because it's mostly about the Gargoyle King. So I was thinking that um, instead of discussing half Gargoyle King now and half Gargoyle King later, we would just put it all together in the Gargoyle Yeah, that sounds good. So um, we're going to talk about Varchi first. Um, so here is my summary of the Varchi storyline um, in no particular order because I just kind of wrote it and then I was like, this isn't in the right order, but I don't care. I kept him. Archie wants to compete in a boxing tournament. I think it's a tournament. I wasn't paying that much attention because I don't really care about sports. Veronica's going to help him and also take out a loan on Pops to help manage this boxing gym that I guess two teens own. Sure, sure. Mary comes home. She tells Archie that he shouldn't be boxing because she doesn't want him to get hurt. She won't sign the permission slip, so Archie forges her signature. At the weigh-in, it turns out that Archie is six pounds too heavy to compete, so he has a training montage with Mad Dog literally to Eye of the Tiger. Mary real- (laughs) Yeah. Mary realizes that she was wrong to stop Archie from pursuing his brand new dream that isn't totally going to change next season. (laughs) She hits up her old college roommate who can help Archie get into a military boxing league and also get an education at the same time. Seems like a pretty good gig, actually. Get your education, don't forget from from whence you came. came. Archie finds out that the secret fight got moved up a day, so now the spar with Fang... So now the spar with Fangs to prove to the recruiter lady that he's a good boxer is on the same day as the tournament. He somehow convinces Ronnie to help him, even though it's a terrible idea. He gets totally messed up by the first fight, so Veronica tells him that he can't fight in the second one, and she'll fix it. Archie shows up to it anyway, but fully passes out immediately. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, from starving himself and getting beat up directly before this. Mary chats with Archie about his future. Archie asks Veronica to prom because his girlfriend left, and the Varchie vibes are back because they're supposed to be endgame, but ugh. I'm tired. Right before prom, Pop reveals to Veronica that Hiram tricked her 
and she has never actually owned Pops. Amazing. Great. I thought Veronica was supposed to be good at business. How do you not notice that your name isn't, that, like, even that the business license you have isn't legal? Yeah. Like, how do you not notice that? It's funny, because didn't she, like, make her own fake? Maybe it wasn't a fake deed. But, like, don't you remember when she was, like, it was casino night with Elio, and she was like, <gasps> here's the deed to Pops. And I don't remember if she said it was fake or not, or if it was just a regular one. I'm pretty sure remember. it was the deed. He just didn't win it. So, Fred is out of town, quotation marks. So, was this after Luke's passing? I don't know when this was shot, but... Or is it just, like, a coincidence that he was out of town and then he passed away? I wonder if it was a coincidence just because it would not have made sense to swap Mary for Fred in this plotline. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, it wouldn't. So, I think it might have just been a coincidence. And they just so never used Luke Perry to his full potential on this show. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, in a perfect world, I think they should just keep Fred out of town until the end of the season. Rather than, like, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I wish they would just, like, put him away for a while and then come back to it in season four. I agree. Uh, Mad Dog wants Veronica's help, too, because she seems to be a pretty good manager. And I'm like, she got him one fight. Elio, Elio has gotten you more fights. That's so wholesome. I love that Mad Dog is, like, one of the gang. Yeah. Oh, keep him. We have to keep, if if he doesn't stay around for next season, I'm going to be upset yeah i love him um a pipe burst for some reason and fangs is like i'm all wet womp womp and i was like is this just it's just like is this just like you want to get like your male actors like vaguely just soaking wet i yeah i was like what's going on here it's like weird because they're like fangs since you're also a boxer for some reason can you say that bad things are happening here so that veronica can be like i want to be maintenance lady um, yeah, that's basically what happened there. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, Varchie is going to go to prom together as friends. Please kill me. Are Varchie going to get back together? Of course they're going to get back together. I have thoughts on this later. Um, I thought it was cute that Cheryl bet Tony that Varchie would get back together. Um, I love them. I stand them. I loved seeing them be normal for, like, once in the last couple episodes. You she know? probably bet it because she heard Veronica say that they were endgame, and she was like, oh, I'm gonna take her word for it for sure. Yeah, you know what? That sounds like her. Yeah. Mary's plan is really good. Archie should take it. Was his chance ruined after fully just passing out? Uh, yes. You think so, even though Mary is good friends with Brooke? Well... She'd be like, sorry, my son is adult. <laughs> well, yeah, that and like, I don't think the military is for Archie in the first place. So I think that was a convenient way to just let that plot line rest. Why don't you think that's good for Archie? Because he doesn't listen to authority. And it's just, you know what it is? You know what it is? The military is actually probably a great place for Archie. Yeah. I just don't want to watch it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. When she like said that, I was like, actually, that sounds like it's actually really great for Archie because he has so much discipline and he's willing to like work out and like Mm -hmm. do things and stuff. Yeah. Um, But no, I'm not interested in watching that. No, like I have respect for people who serve, choose to serve, especially if they're doing this because they want to get their educations. Yeah. Um, I think it's fantastic. My thing is, if you're going to do, like, something military, I want it to be, like, military. I want it to be, like, I want it to be space military. I want it to be Battlestar Galactica. Uh, But if it's just going to be Archie in the military, that means he is apart from the main plot again, which was the weakness with him being in prison. Yeah. I just, I I don't want to watch the Archie angst hour because I like Archie now. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hate him again. 
it must be so hard for Archie to get a job because somebody would be like, oh, yes, well, thank you so much for coming in. Wow, that was a great interview. Let me just Google him real quick. Yikes. Convicted murderer. Hmm. Framed for murder. Hmm. Jinkies. Um, taken hostage by the Black Hood a little bit there when he was, like, covered in dirt. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. He was buried. Yikes. So this girl's name is Brooke. And then later we find out that her last name is Rivers. So her name is Water Water. It sure is. Brooke Rivers. Lynn Heights. I looked her up and uh, like on the Archie comics thing mm. and I couldn't find anything. Oh, okay. So she's really, it's a, she's it's, just a joke. What the hell? You know, in um, Doctor Who, they were trying to explain where Melody Pond came from. And the only sound in the forest was... The river? Never mind. It just made me think of River Song, basically, that her name was Water Water. Uh, and River's name is Water Song. Hmm. That's it. That's all I got for you. I'm like, I don't, I She's paid tired. a lot of attention to 10, not as much attention to 11. How could you not pay attention to 11? I did, but not as much as 10. 10 was my guy. As soon as Mary, like, introduced Brooke and they were like, haha, we're roommates. Yeah, both of us literally were like, gay? Um, y'all gay? Or I was like, is that your girlfriend? Like, got some vibes. Anyway. A little bit. But it said they were freshman year roommates in college. Oh, they were roommates. Yeah. Oh my god. They were roommates. I want you to know that I was gonna make that joke, but then you beat me to it and I'm a little sad about it. I'm so sorry. Do you want to re-record it so that you can make the joke? No. Are you sure? No, I'd like to re-record you saying sorry, though. Sorry. Mm. Sorry. Sorry. How do Americans say it? Sorry. 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 No, I don't think that's right. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Basically, just open your mouth as much as possible. How does Ariana say it? Who? No, not Ariana. How does Demi Lovato say it? Sorry. I'm not sorry. 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 I'm not sorry. They say it the same way that... (sighs) I don't like this. Anyway. Hi. Sorry. No. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, this is not mm, relevant, so move Uh, on. We are hitting delusional hours. Yeah, it is 11 p.m. So the fight for, like, showing the lady stuff is Friday evening. And Archie thought that his, like, original fight thing was going to be on Saturday and bumped up to Friday. And he's like, yikes, cool. Jinkies. So, like you said before, Lobanui is supposed to be doing really well. If you need a loan, Lobanui isn't doing as well as you're saying it is. No, Lobanui is doing so well that she can take another mortgage out against it and afford to do it. I don't understand loans. So basically... What she needs to do, what she's doing is saying, when I bought this business, it was worth this much. I need to take another mortgage out against it, which means she can borrow the amount that she bought it for. So she now can owe the bank twice what she bought the building for. But because her business is doing so well, she can pay that off very quickly. Then why not just save up? Not as quick. She she needed a chunk of money in order to fund her next business. So she went to the bank and said, if you give me a chunk of money, I will owe you twice on this building and the bank was like well we know you're good for it so okay here's some money she's a teen she is is she allowed to take loans absolutely not cool especially not a mortgage yeah uh my next note was fangs can't do anything should be easy to beat yeah oh poor shane shane who's shane i don't know dawson maday um yeah fangs can't do oh but he's so pretty he is he's he's a sweet guy who is veronica to reschedule with this lady like, if I were her, I'd be like, I'm a professional 
lady person? Who that's, are you that's even? Or are those the exact words that you would say? Yeah, I'd be like, who are you? I don't even know you. She's literally like, nice to meet you. Anyway, Archie's not coming. Blah, blah, blah. Can we reschedule? I'd be like, who are you? But this is the brilliance of Ronnie, though. This is the brilliance of why she actually probably is a successful businesswoman. If you say anything confidently, you can get away with it. She just says stuff confidently, and people are like, okay. You know that I'm right. I don't like it. It's not right, and it's not okay. Um. So yeah, Archie fully biffs it. <laughs> Like, he doesn't even get a chance to punch Fangs once. <laughs> it just goes down. Which is good for Fangs because, um, the guy can't do anything. P.S. This is the most unhealthy way to lose six pounds. Honestly, but, like, this is, um, this 20th episode was a lot better for Fangs than the, uh, than last 20th episode. So true. Which, he didn't even get punched. Yeah, he didn't even get punched. Um, he got to go to prom. And there, I mean, he was in the vicinity of a gun, but at least nothing. Yeah. At least he wasn't shy. Like last time. So yeah. it's probably better that Reggie isn't around. Ooh, you right. I always forget that Reggie and Fangs should probably not be. Oh, wait. Reggie didn't. Never mind. Reggie Reggie's didn't not do the it. It was who, the, um, yeah, it was the mom. mom. Yeah. Uh, but he was gonna. Is Mitch's mom in jail now? Yeah. Okay. I think so. But yeah, he was like in the middle of like a riot. So yikes. She's like. I think Archie's literally like, Mom, I just don't want to go to college. Oh, poor Mary. Brittany. And that's her only kid, too. And she, like, she obviously has high hopes for him. Yeah. I don't know why. Mm. I feel like at that point, you know your kid's an idiot. Yeah. I mean, you know what? We'll bring it up again. She should have known he was an idiot. Yeah. When he punched the ice with his fists. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. His foot was right there. (laughs) But, like... When it's your only kid, too, you know, like, everyone knows it's just like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the F up of the family, you know, like. Yeah, my sister knows that's her. Yeah. (laughs) Um, She doesn't listen to this podcast either, so either she'll never know I said that, or someone's gonna tell her, and I'm gonna be in so much trouble. Nadine? No. We are watching you. No. If anything, Lindsay's a successful one now. Mm. She's thinking about buying a house. You know what I'm thinking about? I have to order more cat food for my cat. (laughs) Cool. Mary says that Archie is 17 years old, so we missed a birthday. We missed a birthday, and um, good to know that he's still under 18. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff he does, still illegal. Yeah, great. Yeah, Hiram owns the diner still, and Veronica's been working for him this whole time. What the hell? The writers just made this up. Oh, fully. Like, when, when Pop says something like, I learned about this a while ago, but I never told you. It means originally this was supposed to actually be your diner, but we just decided just now that it's not. It's like they realized that they needed to put Hiram back in the game, so they just like retconned so much of like Veronica's storyline. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Hiram has owned Le Bon Nuit the entire time. Mm. It's just, it takes away any agency that Ronnie may have had. It It brings more nuance into that time when Hiram was like, yes, this is my establishment. I picked out those light, light fixtures myself. Oh, it's I'm like, depressed no, you didn't. that's true. But I guess you did. I guess I guess you actually did, you big dumb jerk. I don't have a lot about this storyline just because um the other one was so rich. But um the last thing I have is that Archie is like really putting it on thick with Veronica when Josie literally just left like two days ago or whatever. What's up with that? And she dumped you. Like, I mean, obviously they they split ways amicably, yes. but like, shouldn't, you know, you, you gotta mourn a relationship that you enjoyed being in. Yes. At least a little bit. Yeah, like, have a little bit of class, Archikins. It's clear that they're not like doing long distance, you know, like, it was actually <laughs> Can you imagine? over. 
It was actually over. You gotta, you gotta take some time. Yeah. Well, but I mean, it's, they're like, oh, okay, well, like, we're allowed to put Vargy back together because the conflict from the beginning of the season is now over and we've padded out their whole relationship with other stuff. Basically, we're done with the filler. We can get back to what we wanted in the entire first place. Yeah. Stupid. That's all I had about that storyline. You know what I have about this storyline? Mm. I have switched opinions on both members of Vargy. Okay. Veronica is driving me insane. Not for any fault of Veronica's, just that I don't like her plotline. And I like Archie now. That's incredible. I feel so weird about that. <laughs> I was sitting there and I was like, I'm excited to watch Archie. What up with that? Mad Dog makes you like Archie. Okay, that might be true. I literally will say this every single time. The only reason why I like Archie is because he's friends with Mad Dog. And because his boxing thing is more interesting than anything else he's ever done. True. I do think that it's literally going to change next season, though. Uh, they can't have Archie just just do one thing forever. I'm sad because you're right. He can't just date one girl. He can't just do one sport. Like He has to do all the sports. Yeah. I'm upset because you're correct. Um, Hey, Brittany, can you tell me about Patreon? Oh, I sure can. It's a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. So if you were to go to like some website like patreon.com slash slash the aficionados like if you were interested you could donate starting at a dollar a month to help us pay for our server costs wow that sounds great yeah and you also get perks Mm -hmm. so you get the podcast like at least a day early at least at least do i ever get it earlier than just one day i mean it depends on how fast robin edits to be honest Mm. Mm -hmm. but yeah sometimes maybe even two whoa or three maybe four Who knows? But yeah, so that's what Patreon is. So if you are like super into helping out your favorite podcast creators, just uh, check it out. Check it out. Cool. What if I can't afford to help you? Oh my God. That's actually so fine. Just, I don't know. Tell other people about our podcast. If they're like, hey, what podcast should I listen to? Be like, oh my God, I have a great one for you. They're called The Aficionados and they're actually pretty dumb, but yeah, they're pretty entertaining. Yeah. They have some thoughts. Yeah. I mean, one of them's smart. It's not me. Kobe. It, it It's the cat. The Kobe the cat. You're right. Yeah. Oh my god, that's the first time anyone's ever called Kobe smart. Kobe, do you feel flattered? <laughs> it's really embarrassing to ask that of a cat who's kind of just staring at a couch cushion. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, but like, I find that listening to the same podcasts as your friends is like just another fun thing that you can talk about. Like, you already get to watch the oh, same yeah. TV shows and have conversations about it. It's like, just um maybe go one step forward and talk about some of your favorite podcasts and then you can be like dude they got this so wrong yeah they're so stupid and we'll be like yeah probably they don't even know how sports work we don't but Um, we're very upfront about that have you heard about sweet river con no tell me about it okay well it's a riverdale convention that's happening november 8th to 10th 2019 here in vancouver oh my god um who's going um well we are what we're actually moderating the panels at the convention you know what that sounds awesome so if you want to see us try not to crash and burn while talking to vanessa morgan maid chinamic uh camila mendez and and uh, skeet ulrich then um consider coming to sweet river con i'm really excited about that because i really want to know their thoughts about this season yeah and where their characters went yeah. and i want to ask skeet and maid Chin, what the heck happened to snake parents mm-hmm where, where'd it go? But there are also more guests to be announced, so you should follow uh, Unity Events CA on Twitter to get more information about that. Thank you for that promo. Hey, you're welcome. Hey, thanks. Are you ready for the bulk of the episode? I I am whether I want to be or not. 
This is going to be a lot. So this is a very long summary. Feel free to... Um, Grab a snack. Yeah. Uh, but feel free to interject at any point cool. that you would like. I will. Um, all right. So this is my uh, summary for the rest of the episode. Basically. Okay. I'm ready. Veronica takes Betty to the site of the crash where her dad was supposed to have died. Betty doesn't believe it, which we didn't I'd either. And Called it. Yeah. Yep. But eventually, Dr. Girdle Jr. confirms that at least one hand belonged to Hal. He, Peter Pettigrew himself, <laughs> I literally said that, Brittany. You were there. I literally said that. Robin, you said that a number of times. To I, the point where you said Peter Pettigrew so fast that it sounded like you were just saying he peed himself. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being like, no, no, he Peter Pettigrew. He Peter Pettigrew. See, see how I got to peed? Yeah, yeah. Betty goes to the shooting range and learns to shoot a gun before she needs to use it. We love a prepared queen. She's always going to have... she. It, it's Betty. Mm-hmm. Always doing the most. Yeah. FP says the head count is correct and that's not fully explained, so... Yeah, cool. Um, Who knows? I don't understand that. Yeah. Jughead chats with Jellybean and finds out that she spoke to the Gargoyle King and he told her to find the Gospel of the Gargoyle King, which she didn't do. Yeah, she uh, fully failed at that, so. Uh, Cheryl and Tony want to become prom queens, but Evelyn and Edgar remind them that the farm isn't into that. They hold Jason over Cheryl's head and she chooses the farm over being prom queen, which just isn't right. Oh, it's not right and it's not okay. FP's been all over Junkyard Steve's junkyard. (laughs) (laughs) And finds a school bus filled with gargoyle stuff. Jughead finds the gospel and doesn't tell FP. Dr. Curdle Jr. tells them that Kurt's got a The Gargoyle King tattoo, well, a TGK tattoo, a bit ago, and when they go to ask the artist about it, he says that another guy got it done a while ago. His description sounds like Edgar, so Betty goes and confronts him just to find that he has no tattoo. It's awkward. It's so awkward. With information from the gospel, Jughead formulates a plan for Betty to become the Griffin Queen again and win prom queen so she can come face to face with the Gargoyle King. They get the serpents and the poisons to help. It kind of works, but not quite as they expected. Betty gets a mysterious letter and gets called away to the girls' washroom where all this happened before. Betty's not there to accept her crown because instead she's seeing the Gargoyle King and the Black Hood who is trying to kill her. Like, aren't you her dad? Like, girl, at the same time, you had a crown to go get. Yeah. That would have been fire. Yeah. So they're working together, I guess. The Gargoyle King and the Black Hood. I guess. Betty sees a whole bunch of people who Hal has, I guess, killed, but they're not mentioned again. So who cares? Yeah, like there was a bunch of murder and then like FP walked up. Betty goes to warn Alice that Hal is probably coming to the farm for her because Betty told him everything. Oops. Edgar thinks Betty should stay with them at the farm for her safety and Betty agrees. So we've lost Betty, guys. At this point, like if I was Betty, at this point, I'd be like, honestly, yeah. If, I, if you can give me a fortress, I'll happily stay here. Yeah, can you c- protect me from my creepy dad? After, yeah, after right. something that scary happens to me, I'm all for being protected. Which makes you wonder if Edgar freed Hal in order to make this happen. Oh my god. I mean, he wanted Betty. Now he has her. Yeah. Hmm. Do you want to tell the story of the closed handcuff? Oh my god, this is the, the worst. The tale of the, are, of the closed hand. We are, we're geniuses. We're bad people, but we're geniuses. Mm-hmm. Um, so they showed, like, at the beginning of the episode, they were kind of going over the crash site, and the car was tipped over, and dangling from it was a handcuff, and the handcuff was, cl- was closed. And I looked at Robin, and I said, the handcuff was closed. And Robin said, someone's missing a hand. As a joke. Yeah. Fully just as a joke. Turned out someone really was missing a hand and it was Hal. I was like, that means somebody's hand came off. Y- you're an accidental genius. Somebody's hand got sliced off. Yeah, it uh, fully... <gasps> I thought because... So let me explain the verb to Peter Pettigrew. 
<laughs> all right. <laughs> so okay. if you aren't familiar with the story of Harry Potter, first of all, can't relate, but uh, what are you doing at this point in your life? Yep. But to Peter Pettigrew is <laughs> in Prisoner of Azkaban, it is sorry, spoiler for Prisoner of Azkaban, I guess. It is revealed spoiler that- for a book that's been out for like 10 years. Yeah. So basically what happens is um, everybody thinks that Sirius Black killed Peter Pettigrew because Peter Pettigrew um, cut off his own finger. Like, they're like, oh, all they found of him was a finger. Like, they killed they killed 12 muggles and all they found of him was a finger. So everyone thought that Sirius Black killed Peter Pettigrew. And it turns out that Peter Pettigrew cut off his own finger and then, like, basically ran away. I mean, it's hard to explain, but he turned into a mouse and then ran away. A rat and then <laughs> yeah, ran away. Yeah. Um, and Sirius was like, ah, oh, because he knew that that's what happened. That's but, a normal thing to do. But he went crank. He went cray cray. He so, did go cray cray. So to Peter Pettigrew is basically to fake your own death by cutting off a piece of your body so that everyone thinks you're dead. Yeah. So immediately <laughs> they were like, a hand was left and I was like, Peter Pettigrew. he Peter Pettigrewed. <laughs> he Peter Pettigrewed. <laughs> and that's what he did. So to explain how one Peter Pettigrews. My favorite thing is like, in your brain, you're like Peter Pettigrew. And in my brain, I'm just thinking of that scene from Deadpool. Where, like, this guy was dragging Deadpool along and Deadpool did not want to be dragged along, so he just just cut off his own hand. Because he could grow it back. I don't think I knew what Deadpool's powers were until now. He literally can't die. You can shoot him, cut his hand off, everything just grows right back. But it's really funny because, like, (laughs) the hand grows back, like, to size. So it takes a while, so at some point he's just, like, sitting there with, like, this little doll hand, like, this baby hand, like, doesn't that hurt? Kinda. So I don't know willing, if he can even feel pain. Yeah, so he's willing to do that just to not be dragged somewhere when he could just go. I don't know if he can feel pain, actually. He okay. gets shot a lot. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, great. My question was... <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about. I originally thought that he had Peter Pettigrew, which means that he had cut his hand off intentionally. Yes. To, but hearing that, it's like if your hand is in a handcuff and you get like ripped away, that handcuff could maybe slice off your hand. Yeah, fully. So now I'm wondering if he did that on purpose or if his hand just happened to come off and he ran away. I don't think his hand happened to come off. I think he probably cut it off or sliced it off or bit it off. I feel like they would know because that's what they find. They're like, like hey, what's autopsy. up? This hand has been gnawed off. Yeah. Okay. So my next question is if he was trying to fake his death, mm-hmm. then then he's willing to go to the school and commit a bunch of murders like, clearly everyone's going to find out that he's alive anyway. And so that what's he has the point? a hook for a hand. So what's the point of faking his death if he's going to make it clear that he's alive? I think to give himself a head start, obviously. Right. If they don't suspect it, then he can go get a hook hand, meet up with the Gargoyle King, and formulate a plan to get Betty. Also, Plus, if sorry. he had actually killed Betty, like he... I guess, meant to do. Yeah, what the hell, by the way? Then there would be nobody who had seen the Black Hood because he, like, killed three other people. That's right. If he had been successful, it would have been fine. Yeah, people would still just assume it was the gargoyle. You're right. Although, you know, if that happened, Jughead, I mean, Jughead would probably be like, um, Betty died, but also, you know, he'd be, Jughead would, be, would have been able to figure it out. He'd be like, there are, there isn't any blue lips. There isn't any TGK things carved yeah. into it. This can't have been the, the Gargoyle King. So, like, Jughead would have figured it out either way, I think. But Jughead would yeah. have been on the case. Yeah, true. FP is back to being a sheriff, even though he uh, was uh, an accomplice in a robbery last episode. So. It, it seems like no one really um, is worried about that. Mm-hmm. Betty knew it, and so did we, that Hal was not dead. 
Yeah. I'm I, proud of us mm-hmm. for being like, hey, Hal's not dead. It's funny because um, because like at the end of 220, everyone was like, Fangs is dead. Or like at the beginning of 221, everyone's like, Fangs is dead. I'm like, no, he isn't. Yeah. And this is like a similar thing where I was like, no, he is not dead. Um, you but just I, will these things into existence. I know. But I also feel like it makes sense that Betty would have been able to tell that he wasn't dead because you have like connections with your family like that, you know? And like she, I mean, she hunted him. Yeah. She knows how his mind works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's very unsurprising that she knew. So how was the body count correct? They must have killed someone else. Okay. One of the things that FP says that we thought was kind of weird was that he says that that's the amount of heads we found. And I thought that was kind of just like a phrase of speech, like the head count is supposed to be six and we found six bodies. You I know think what I mean? they found like actual six heads. That's my thing is that it, when Betty goes into the closet that they found Featherhead in, is there not like a person without a head Freaking in there? Freaking headless. But it wouldn't make sense for Hal to have killed somebody, taken off their head, put it back in the bus thing, and then run away. Like that, like, I'm confused. Oh, you're right. That also, would have made absolutely no sense. Also, who was that? I honestly, for a hot second, I thought it was Weatherby. I don't wow. know why. Wow. Maybe like kind of like flashback to the midnight club yeah like, the principal exactly yeah but um yeah we still don't know i mean it must have been a student because they were in a suit right yeah but like and it was just like people i guess who were in the wrong place at the wrong time like that the girl that betty saw originally was in the blue and gold place and then one of the guys who was in like the bathroom right. and then that other guy who i guess was probably just walking through the hall at the time and oh all these poor kids and they were just killed you know on prom night. On prom night. Um, yeah. FP called Alice. It was just to say, hey, your, your ex-husband's dead. But um, they they chatted, I guess. I guess. He must be like, hey, are you still brainwashed? She's like, yeah, are you still married? I think it's so weird. And we've talked about this before. But, like, I think it's so weird that he was like, I'm so glad that the farm opened you up to this. And then the farm immediately closed you off to us because you, now you're engaged. Yeah. What? I don't think they thought through FP and Alice. No. It's like they committed to it and they de- then they decided not to. I, know, I don't get that. I know that Alice is trying to say goodbye to her past and move on and everything, but not caring at all about the death of your ex-husband who you spent like years and years and years and years marrying, being married to and loving is kind of weird. I don't think that it's that she doesn't care. I think it's that she does not want to think about it. She doesn't want to accept it. She doesn't want to think about him at all because she's in deep denial about everything that happened with Al. I mean, that's evidenced by her joining a cult. She just did not want it to be a thing that happened to her. Yeah, but still, he died. Well, he didn't. But yeah, he, he didn't. Maybe she could tell too. Maybe. Um, so she gets an infinity tattoo that matches Edgar's, I guess. And she's like, yeah, Edgar asked me to get it. <laughs> and she says, I like to think of it as an engagement ring. Okay, so you don't Neat. have one? So he didn't give you one? Yeah, like what kind of... Ugh. And he's like already married? Yeah. Just by the way? Sister wives with Evelyn. Ew. <laughs> ew. Ew. That is the worst sentence you've ever spoken. I don't I don't ever want to hear you talk about that ever again. <laughs> okay. Um, great, because I'm about to change the subject. Cool. Um, Jellybean fully doesn't believe in G&G. She fully doesn't believe that it's real. She thinks it's just a game. Um, like, she's so like, that's it's interesting. Just like, she met the Gargoyle King and she still thought it was just a joke. Well, I mean, but that makes sense. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't she think it was a joke? Any sane person would look at that and go, uh, Halloween was, like, a couple months ago. It's <laughs> really embarrassing. But she, like, spoke to the Gargoyle King. So, here's my question is... The Black Hood seem to use some sort of voice changer all the time. 
Right. Even in Silent Night, Deadly Night at the, in the beginning, sorry, in the middle of season two, there was a voice changer happening in person. Like Betty and Archie were actually talking to the the Black Hood. Yep. I mean, it was actually Svensson at the time. It's a whole thing. But- I had a whole theory for how that worked, but the yeah. show never bothered to tell us. And there was still this like low voice changer happening, even though they were literally right beside him so uh, whatever i wish i understood we've never heard the gargoyle king speak ourselves but i wonder if a voice changer if they used a voice changer again because jellybean is still saying like the gargoyle king as in like and using he him pronouns (gasps) good point so it's like if they use a voice changer then it'd still be able to be a woman but it sounds like she's actually heard the gargoyle king speak and it is a man in her in her opinion yeah in 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 the opinion of jelly bean that we are kind of extrapolating yeah that's a damn good point okay i i do not think that this is evidence as to why it can't be a girl i still think it still could be a girl just because of all of the voice changing thing that has happened uh previously and if the gargoyle king is working with hal for some reason i i what's up with that by the way the three main theories of who the gargoyle king is that i'm going with right now yes is that it is penelope that it is chick or that it is charles and we're going to talk about those a little bit later but those are the three that i'm holding out on i want it to be charles Brittany. i'm so upset that we're not going to be together to watch the episode next week i'm sorry it's It's really really disappointing i'm gonna have to watch it myself i think you're gonna be okay anyway i know i'm sorry so we'll talk about those three theories later yes um cheryl doesn't wear white anymore which is a signifier Hmm. um fire and ice is a great theme yes it is and and betty and jack are like i don't think people would understand that i'm like it's like no one knows what that means i'm like um i'm like i'm pretty sure everyone watches game of thrones you're gonna be fine yeah it's like if they had just said that it was Game of Thrones themed, everyone would show up in the exact same outfit. They'd all be dressed like Daenerys. <laughs> oh, one of the things that I said that I really liked was that I like that Betty asks Jughead to prom. Yeah, that was, yeah, and in such a cute way too. Like, it wouldn't make sense. I mean, they could make it make sense, but Jughead wouldn't really ask Betty to prom. I think if Jughead had his way, he wouldn't even go to prom. No, but it's nice to see the girl ask the boy sometimes. Yes, it is. I thought that was cute. We love bucking tradition. Yeah. Betty at the shooting range because she wants to be ready. I stand. She can oh, she can always have homework. Yep. Yeah. Betty this season has really stood out for me. Did you find that Betty looked happy to know that her dad was dead? Yes, I did. I found that as she well. She had quite a smile and I was like, I kind of get it. I kind of get it too because obviously finding that her dad actually was alive was terrifying. Yep. Because that means that he's on the run He's probably going to come for her, probably going to come for Alice, probably going to come for the twins, probably going to come for the farm, which obviously he doesn't really care much about. But a lot of the people that she loves is in the farm. And Hal is not above killing mindlessly, clearly. Exactly. He doesn't doesn't give a shoot. One of the things actually that I said when we were watching is I was like, Hal's just trying to get his ratio up by killing all these people. That was so funny, dude. Because literally he killed like two people. (laughs) Yeah, and had a bunch of attempteds that never went anywhere. He really so. he missed out on stuff, you know. He was yeah. busy yeah. in prison. So just happy for him that he's getting his ratio up of people who he's killed. Happy is quite a word choice. There. So happy for yeah. him. But yeah, I understand being happy that he is dead. Yes, yeah, so do I. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, FP says this is where Jug was brought. He said that this like junkyard Steve's place is where Jughead was brought and where Kurtz died. 
for some reason I was under the impression that it was far away. Like last episode we were saying like, oh, how'd he find his way home? How'd he blah, blah, blah. Like, I but, guess- I mean, he'd been there before anyway. I guess that when someone puts a blindfold on somebody, I assume they're going far away, but I guess they weren't. I don't know. Like it's like if it's a blindfold and he gets out and Jughead looks around and is just like, so Junkyard Steve's house? Like- like junkyard Steve's. Like I used to live next to this place. Yeah. <laughs> Should Jug have told FP about the gospel? Yes. I don't understand why he didn't. Um, I think that FP would have taken it as evidence, and that's why he didn't. That would have been good. Yeah, but not for Jughead's agenda. Well, it's not about you, Jughead. Mm. Okay, it's kind of about you, Jughead. I guess. I don't know. I was just like, if you're helping your dad with something, why would you not give him the evidence you just discovered? Yeah. I just want to give a shout out. Dr. Curdle Jr. is going real fast to those bodies. Yeah, it's almost like he doesn't um, completely finish his job all the time. I don't know. But Dr. Curl Jr. is like, what's a small town? And he doesn't go through normal procedures, obviously. Autopsies in the real world take a really long time. Because there's always a backlog. Because think about it. If Dr. Curl Jr. is going through all of those crimes, all those bodies took priority over regular people. Do you think, uh, maybe he just doesn't have any um, hobbies or interests Oh, I definitely think that's true. Yeah. But, like, the fact that they're... Mary says that she took an Uber. The fact that they have Uber in Riverdale, but they have one coroner. Wait, 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 wait. Dr. Curdle Jr.? Mm-hmm. He's always just dying to get to work. He's dying to get to work. You know? Um, but, yeah, he, he had six bodies from the bus crash and Kurtz, and he's like... Oh my god, I forgot about Kurtz. Like, buddy, he's literally like, hey, Betty, um, I finished the autopsy on all of these charred whatevers and also your dad's hand. Oh, and then, hey, Jughead, like, basically immediately after, hey, Kurtz is ready, you know? Okay, okay, but go with me on this. Uh Uh-huh. Go with me on this. Can you really autopsy those charred bodies in the first place? Right. That's true. Um, yeah, he's basically just, like... (sighs) rifling through char and then he's like oh i could maybe examine that this is a tooth (laughs) sure he calls kurtz mr kurtz that's Mm. his last name i i thought kurtz was his first name the entire time i thought that maybe kurtz was a nickname because that's like the villain in apocalypse now oh i talked about that before but i don't I never watched apocalypse now so me either but i mean okay listen we're bad film students yeah. Um, because... I watched clips of it when I was forced to, but I'm just not interested in battle movies. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something really controversial. Okay. What you study in film school is very often highly rated movies from male critics. Mm. And they're often very overrated. Mm. I really liked when I was in film school, we decided to study what the perfect screenplay was. And the perfect, one of the most perfect screenplays ever written, textbook screenplay, was Legally Blonde. Yes. Yes. Mm. It wasn't, we weren't studying Apocalypse Now. We weren't studying that. We were studying Legally Blonde for what to do with a movie and Wedding Crashers for what not to do with a movie. I love that. When we were doing um, script writing. Okay. Or screenwriting, I guess. Yes. Um, we studied The Princess Bride. Oh, that's another great example. Yeah. I love that. Why did Kurtz get just a tattoo when everyone else gets it carved into their backs? He was like, well, I'm not really into scarification. And so. also, if only two people got tattoos, what makes Kurtz so special? I was just thinking that. Why was Kurtz so special? And what was the point of killing him? Yeah. He was special. He didn't... He had tattoos instead of scars. Why did you kill him? Gladys is, like, off the table, I'm so sorry, but for me, like, Gladys is off the table as the Gargoyle King at this point. Because she's gone. Because she's gone, and I just don't 
It just doesn't make sense. No. So, but it still doesn't make sense for the Gargoyle King, whoever it was, to have killed Kurtz. And I'm interested if they will give us an explanation for that because it literally doesn't make sense. I don't think we'll ever get an explanation for that, to be honest with you. Okay. The guy says that they need to be 18 to get a tattoo. If he tattooed Kurtz, that means that Kurtz is an adult. Which is surprising because looking at Kurtz, I would not think that's a human adult. Yeah. So either he's just like, oh, oh, just tipping over 18. Yeah. Probably. Um, either that or he has a fake. A fake. Yeah. He can have a fake. How do these kids actually not have fakes in, like in this town? Yeah. So wait, some of them do have fakes. They Who's went, a fake? Uh, Veronica had one and then oh, Cheryl and Tony were given some. Reggie was giving them out. You're right. You're right. You're right. So what we get from this guy is that the guy had sandy hair, blue eyes, and was weirdly magnetic. Okay. So I get why she thought it was Edgar. Yep. But one of my things was, could be Hal, but Mm -hmm. I think Hal was in jail at that point. But they said a year ago. And I don't know how long it's been since the end of season two. I don't think it's been a full year. I don't think so either, but they made it seem like it was. It's hard because this show has no established um, seasons or timeline or logic. I love this show. Mm -hmm. But all of those things we just said are true. Yeah. So uh, I still think it could be Hal, even though the show makes it seem like it. there's no way for it to be Hal. Agreed. I think that it could be Chick, which everyone's like, Chick is dead. Wait, I have thoughts on this. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> okay, or <laughs> or it could be Charles, okay? Oh, I want it to be Charles. I'm still holding out for it to be Charles. Is Hal weirdly magnetic? Yes. Is Chick weirdly magnetic? Yeah, just looking at him is intriguing. Is Charles weirdly magnetic? We don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We don't know yet. Could be any of those people. Thank you. I've never met that boy. Yeah. Next. Cheryl clearly fully believes that she's talking to Jason. Yep. She fully believes it. She absolutely does. And Bef- that's sad. Before we weren't t- quite sure because Tony was like, have you even hugged Jason? And she's like, uh, mm, of course, you know, and she, Ryan. and then, you know, then she probably had like a little bit of apprehension in her brain, but yep. it's clear that at least in this moment, she like fully believes she's talking to Jason. Oh yeah. Because there's no way Cheryl would have given up being the prom queen. Yeah, because, like, there's certain things that are very important to Cheryl that most people would be like, what? Mm-hmm. Prom queen? Hundo- that's so up Cheryl's alley. Dude, I'm really disappointed that Cheryl wasn't the prom queen. She because that's exactly it. what she's supposed to be. I want I that for her. have a Spotify playlist, like, for Cheryl. Like, I just make playlists for different characters Yes, sometimes. you do. Yes, you do. And I have a Spotify playlist for Cheryl that has a song in it called okay. prom queen and the fact that she didn't become the prom queen is very disappointing that totally ruined that for you yeah i'm so sorry so i guess i'll just leave it in there and see what happens you deserved that betty thinks the gargoyle king before and the gargoyle king after are different what do you think um i always thought that they would be kind of they would probably be the same i always thought they'd be different so I'm not sure. My next question was, how does this work with our theories? But we haven't gotten through the theories yet. So we'll go back to this. Okay. Cannibalism question mark. Yeah. What the hell? Why was Alice asking? Like, he's like, great question, Alice. Like, um, what? I mean, he said, okay, what he said is some tribes believe in that. Yeah. My thing is, why are you bringing that up? Also, since when is the farm part of like a tribe? I don't think they're saying that the farm is a tribe. I think Edgar is mansplaining other cultures. Gotcha. It, in my opinion. Yeah. So Betty runs in and she's like, Edgar, I freaking know you're the Gargoyle King. Prove you're not the Gargoyle King. 
Jughead did this exact thing to Hiram. He sure did. Earlier this season. And it's embarrassing. And it led to my um, absolute favorite line, too. I'm not a 16-year-old nerd. There you go. <laughs> I fully thought that the Griffin Queen was something that Betty and Ethel made up. So did I. They made it seem like it was. Like, they were like the Gargoyle King. Um, opposite of Gargoyle. Griffin. Griffin. Opposite what, of King. What's the, name of this, what's the name of this friggin' game? Griffin's Griffin. Griffin. <laughs> Queen. I did not think the Griffin Queen was a real thing. No, neither did I. Uh... I expected Betty to be like, wait, <laughs> I made that up. Ethel, I made that up. Yeah. I was literally, while we were watching this episode, I was seeing her going, where the hell is Ethel? But she's in the trailer. She's in the see. trailer. Ooh. Ethel, um, where you been? How does everyone get medieval outfits so quickly? Listen, the Halloween store in Riverdale is just lit 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> Peaches goes, we don't take orders from you. But we will in this instance. But you have a point, so maybe we do. I like peaches. I like her too. Going into the prom, Kevin and Fangs have gone to the prom together. Thank you so much for bringing me back. I still ship SPF forever. um, So where's his boyfriend, Sweet Pea? But thank you for bringing it back. Yeah, I'm cool with this ship, to be honest. Because I was really weirded out by the fact that that happened in 360. Three, yeah, 316, and then they, like, never... Just, like, left it. And then they just put those two separate, and then they didn't bring it up again. And yeah, they were like, just normal. It was weird. So, like, two of your characters were, like, symbolically married. Do you guys want to acknowledge this yeah. at all? <laughs> Betty is running unopposed for prom queen, but they still stuffed the ballot box just in case. Why was she unopposed? Because Cheryl didn't want to do it, I No guess. other woman in the school... Wanted to be prom queen? Well, probably Veronica, but Betty was like, no, Veronica, I have to win. All right, fine. I love Cheryl's ponytail. I agree. We never see her in ponytails, and I like it. I also love the casual, um, just sort of normalization of two women going to prom together. Yeah, and two dudes. As many flaws as this show has, the way they normalize queer culture makes me very happy. Yeah. Cheryl says that being a farmie is making less sense to her. Then why did you do it? It's almost like they shoved her into this plot line for no reason. Yeah. I don't know. Just that, that might just be me. Betty's always getting mysterious letters. Yep. Like, that happened to girl. That happened about the Black Hood, too. Like, they just, like, found a letter for her, like, in the newspaper office. And I was like, oh, no yeah. one checks the security footage. Do-da. Do-da. Do-a. Ooh, uh. Um, Betty is casually just reading the letter aloud. Yeah, you <laughs> in know. the middle of prom. Sure, sure. Like you do. Everyone's like, "Are you talking to us?" <laughs> She's like, "Oh no, sorry, I'm reading this letter aloud that is fully secret." They're like, "Don't listen." Someone hand wrote you a letter in this day and age. Is that calligraphy? Is that a wax seal? <laughs> that's that's pretty dope. Doa, doa. Hey, guess what's stuck in my head? Yeah. Um, okay, I have a question I have an that we we kind of chatted about when we were watching. Yes, who would know that Betty knows where the first Ascension Night happened? Because we know that obviously she does because Alice told her. Okay, this but is my who whole would problem. know that Alice told her. This is my whole problem. How no one would know that? Who would Alice wouldn't tell just the rest of the Midnight Club? That's it. I mean, do you think Alice would tell the farm that she told Betty the story? Which is another reason why. That's another tick. On the Penelope box. Why? Because Penelope was there at the <gasps> meeting. Good point. So she knows that Betty knows. Okay. 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 
So that's another tick in the Penelope box. Okay, I'm following you on that one. But if Hal, which is part of our other theory, but if Hal didn't kill Chick and is using Chick, then Chick would also know because Penelope told Hal. <gasps> that's a damn good point. So that's either a way, good way to fill that plot hole. Oh my gosh, yeah. Penelope told Hal. So if Hal is working with the Gargoyle King, the Gargoyle King would know that Betty knows. There exactly. It is. There it okay, is. Okay, thank you. Thank okay. you. So either way, it doesn't matter. It's not even not even a check in Penelope's box anymore. We cracked it, though. We cracked it. Good for us. Thanks. Um, she walks past the door. The door is chained shut, and she does not care. Did anyone... Who had time to do this? Did no one I notice? Guess. Like, here's the thing. Whenever I went to a school dance, there, first of all, the lights were always on yeah. in the hallways. Yeah. And second of all, there were always people wandering around the hallways. Yeah, and then they got murked. Oh, that's a good point. There were only okay. three of them, apparently. Okay. No, okay, fair yeah. enough. I found these Alice flashbacks were unnecessary and confusing. They were unnecessary, and they reminded me of an Alice that I miss. I miss Midnight Club Alice back when she was a person. Yeah, I, um, I just miss Alice. I found them unnecessary because most people would remember this. Yeah, like, I already know all those. And I found them extra unnecessary because they were then confusing. Because if you don't... If you're a casual viewer who doesn't remember the Midnight Club episode, you're like, why is Betty dressed up like that? That's fair. Yeah, it's they were both Lily. Yeah. So it was confusing. Okay. So I didn't like that choice. Okay. Um, the hook. <laughs> How? Did you ever see that Tumblr post about Mr. Sandman? Maybe? Make me a hand. Yeah. I need to Google it so I don't get it wrong, okay? Yeah. It's such a good post. All I had to Google was the phrase Mr. Sandman and... One of the Google results was Mr. Sandman, man me a sand. Mm-hmm. Mr. Sandman, man me a sand. Make it the cutest man cord duck. Damn it. <clears throat> Make it the cutest man card duck. I can't say it. Make it the cutest man card door hook hand. That is all I could think the minute Hal had a Please a hook say that hand. again. Mr. Sandman. Yeah. Man me a sand. Okay. Make it the cutest man card door hook hand. Make it the cutest man card door hook hand. Didn't you ever hear the scary story of the... Yeah, I just read about it. Yeah. But I still don't get it. It's surrealist humor. It's like a vine. Okay. Okay. So anyway, that was it. That's all I have for you. I was going to tell the story of the hook hand, so why don't you do it? No, you tell the story of the hook hand because you've just researched it. Yeah. Go off BB. Yeah. Oh my god, that was a great story. Basically, it's like, hey. (laughs) What a wonderful kind of day. Y'all referencing Arthur right now? (laughs) Hey! Do you know you're... (laughs) So, boy. Um, okay, so basically the story goes, uh... Wait, wait, wait. Do you remember that one time we were talking about Arthur on the pod and you were like, what does DW stand for? And I immediately blurted it out, Dora Winifred! <laughs> anyway. Is she gonna be okay? Who she's, knows? She's, she's, she's gonna be fine. Tell me. Okay. Tell me a story. So basically, it's like these two teens are macking on each other in a car. And in the ra- on the radio, they're like, BT dubs, this creepy serial killer has been released from jail accident. I guess he escaped. He sure did. And he has a hook for a hand. Wow. Okay. It's unique And the girl's like, that's terrifying. I want to go home. And the guy's like, I don't respect women. <laughs> so he's like, no. And continues making out with her. And she's like, um, no, Bradley, or whatever his name is. His name's Bradley, no? Yeah. No, I want to go home. And he's like, ugh, okay. So he goes home, and or he takes her home, and then she finds that her whole family has been murdered by the hook hand people. Person. People person. People person. That's the story. Okay, cool. That's not the story. 
Well, that's the one that I just read that said it was like the original. And there's at one point, like, I think there are other versions where he, like, drags his hook across stuff. Yeah, that's the sca- the, the real scary one is this one. I know. That's just the one that I read that I think is, like, the origin of the story. So please, um, stop yelling at me. I'm not yelling at you. I'm trying to find the scarier version. You're just telling me that, um, I didn't do a good job. And I'm saying, oh, I'm sorry. You did a great job. I'm just telling you that I'm wrong and sad. The hook hand is much scarier in its reinterpreted form. I'm not interested in scary things at midnight. <gasps> Here it is. Oh, never mind. This story was never actually scary. Oh. It's just scary when you were a kid. Mm. You know? Anyway, what's continue. different about it? That when she wanted to go home and he said no, he locked all the doors. And then um, she got really mad and pushed him away, insisting that they leave, relenting the boy peevishly, jerked the car into gear and spun its wheels as he pulled out of the parking lot. When they arrived at the girl's house, she got out of the car and reaching cl- to close the door, began to scream uncontrollably. The boy ran to her side to see what was wrong. And there dangling from the door handle was a bloody hook. That's the one I read. You were just talking about how her family was dead. Yeah, hanging from the door of her house, right? No, this is hanging from the door handle of the car. So, but they didn't get killed. So why is it scary? The interpretation is that um, the serial killer was outside the car the entire time. But they didn't get murdered. No. See, I thought when it's like, I thought because they, not that this matters, but like, I thought that because they got to her house and it was like hanging from the door handle was a bloody hook that I thought that hanging from the door handle of her family home was a was a bloody hook and that her whole family had been murdered no, by this guy. No, it's hanging from the car. That should be more clear. Yeah. So, like, I think in some interpretations, they hear a knocking. Yeah, or, like, a scraping. Yeah, and that scares her, and yeah. she's like, I want to go home, I want to go home, and he's like, no, that's stupid. And the actual, like, thing was that the hook was hanging on the car. It's just not scary if they don't get murked. See, I think it's scary because it's the idea that you you were in danger and didn't know it. Because that could happen to you at any time. I know, but then it's, at the at that point, then it's, like, it's over, though. Unless okay. he's, like, un, like, they need to add to the end of the story, you know. And then they all got murdered. And no, no, but, like, um, the man is real, real attached to his hook. And if he loses his hook, he's gonna come try and find it. Oh, my God. That's what's scary. That would make it scary, okay? I feel like that's too much exposition for a horror movie. No, I know, but that would make it scary because it's just, like, I have this hook. Now he's coming for me because I have it. Okay, you fair know? enough. Because it's, like, if, if it's already over, then it's, like, not as scary. She's right. Okay. Okay. Anyway, why is Hal trying to kill Betty? I wish I knew. I literally that, don't know. Is that Hal? I think it is. You think it's Hal? I, I think it's Hal because that's the only way that I can uh, make sense that the Gargoyle King knew that Betty knew where the first Ascension Knight was. All right. Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know why he's trying to kill Betty, though. I don't know why he's going so out of his way to kill Betty. Right? Like, what's so special when about Betty? When she did him a solid. She did. She really did. If He's anything- like, You if, did me a favor, I will kill you now. Like, literally last time, he was using her as his ally. Yep. And now he's like, I must kill you? Like, is he mad because she's she, like, put him in jail, basically? No, because- Oh, yeah, maybe. But, like, she was, like, kind of helping him a little bit, especially with Chick. She was helping him a lot. Maybe he's trying to... This doesn't make sense, but if it's Chick, then maybe he... It wouldn't make sense for it to be Hal and not Chick who's trying to kill her. But, like, I understand why Chick would be mad because she delivered Chick to the Black Hood, you know? And why didn't Hal kill Chick? 
if it is chick, which a lot of people think that it is because Hart has been in Vancouver recently. And yeah. And then it could be like Hal didn't kill chick and he used chick to become the second gargoyle king. But that means that Hal really was the first gargoyle king, which he said he was lying about. It's hard to explain. It's hard to explain because every season I feel like they pull the answer out of a hat. Yeah. And they're like, this person is the gargoyle king. And you're like, what? And then they're like, it makes sense. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. And they're like, yes, it does. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I guess my three theories are Penelope, Charles, and Chick. Same. Pulling for Chick at this point. Same. I'd like to see him again. And I think it would make sense for Hal to... Like, Chick would have known about G&G because he would have heard about it from Charles. Yeah. That's the reason why it could be Charles is because he was in the sisters and he knew about G&G. Another reason why it could be Penelope is that she was in the sisters. She would know about G&G. Exactly. But in this timeline that I'm making up, if it's Chick, Hal gets Chick delivered to him. Hal like either tortures Chick or like promises he won't kill Chick, keeps him hostage. If, if Chick becomes the gargoyle king that Hal needs him to be. But then it's like, how does Hal keep Chick hostage while he's in jail like he must have really brainwashed chick if it's chick you know or unless he's like you can get revenge on betty this way or something i'm so confused i don't know i'm really excited to find out yeah betty goes in the closet the featherhead was found in and jughead used to live in there and there's a headless person inside like everybody else was just kind of like slash slash but this guy was like full-on decapitated i think that guy was like hey i don't have a head anymore so don't love that for hey, him. Hey, how's your head? I, you know, it sounds like he maybe had some complaints. I think so. Um, why was none of this explained? Oh my god, what a great question! Like all we literally got was too bad what happened at the dance. FP three people got murdered and yeah. nobody explained what happened. FP was literally like, oh, yeah, that happened. And I'm like, FP. This sort of thing, like, when this sort of thing happens at the end of an episode, we usually get, like, man, I can't believe that this person, this person, this person died because this, and, like, here's an explanation for what the heck happened once the police actually figured it out. Mm-hmm. But we didn't get that, and I am, I feel very unsettled by that. It's like the show doesn't care that those people died. And I'm yeah. like, I kind of care that they died. Yeah. Where are their families? Where are their families? Where are all these kids, like, parents? Also, Hiram, care to comment on the fact that your prison, like, the people all died? Like, Yeah, does Hiram not care about that at all? I don't know. The Black Hood leaves and Jug comes in so fast. Like, she's literally, like, holding the door closed. Black Hood, Black Hood, Black Hood. And then there's, like, a very small pod before it's, like, hi, it's Jughead. Why did Jughead not get murdered? Why has he not go- gone for Jughead? Um, I thought maybe this was a hallucination. I thought so, too, until they mentioned that people died at the dance. Then I was yeah. like, oh, well, and then I was I like, it wasn't. Okay. Betty says she'll stay at the farm. But one of the interesting details that I noticed before we finish up this whole storyline is that when she walks in, Alice is finishing a puzzle okay she's not starting a puzzle she's not in the middle of a puzzle she's She's finishing a puzzle and that's what we call a symbolism yeah so i just wanted to point that out cool hey thanks for pointing that out yeah you're welcome so i think now we were gonna move into some of our uh thoughts from listeners okay so we got an email from leah today hi leah she has a lot of really interesting thoughts uh all in different paragraphs which is super super helpful for us um uh, so it it goes like this. Thank you, Leah. I am wondering how this is all connected. 
I think Edgar is Charles or somehow has a direct connection to Betty because why on earth does he have this much of a vested interest in Betty and Polly and the twins and Alice? I'm pretty sure that he has this whole story about being saved when he was lost, etc. And Charles was brought up in the sisters, leaves, does drugs with Chick, finds a farm and happiness. Sounds kind of like the story Edgar told Betty about his life. Yep. Charles would have motivation then to ruin the Cooper's family because of what he lost. I think he is in cahoots with Hiram. I keep going back to the farm episode where Archie felt peace this year and then like almost killed by that farm girl waiting for Hiram. (laughs) Also, drugs were being tested in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Betty was brought to the sisters at Edgar's request earlier this year. She broke out and basically closed the whole place down. I wonder if Edgar wanted that that the whole time so he could make the sisters the farm. Yeah, then he could reclaim what he thinks like was taken from him. Yeah. Also, it would fit and explain why FP was announced as celebrating that he was 50, even though he should be 45. So if FP and Alice were 17 or 18 when the baby was born, he would be 32 or 33 now. I feel like Chad Michael Murray can pull off 33. I specifically thought that last episode, they were trying to make him look young. Especially with Evelyn's age. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting, too, that the Gargoyle King is obsessed with Jughead and Jellybean, and they happen to be the son and daughter of Charles's real dad. Who would have motivation back during Midnight Club and then now to do this to the Joneses? Gladys being jealous of Alice then and now, who is also a key player in the drug game, so was Clifford and would also all- know all about G&G. Maybe he is under the mask after all. So this person is maybe thinking that Clifford <laughs> could heck and be alive still, potentially. Oh, no, wait. I think we're talking about Charles still. Yeah, I was like, what? Sorry, we're talking about Charles. My bad. Back to the drugs. The drugs that Evelyn gave Kevin during Big Fun made him hallucinate Midge on the wall. Betty hallucinated babies over a fire. There must be some airborne hallucinogen causing this. Alice may not be lying, actually. She could be seeing Charles in the form of Edgar. She may not realize it, but she could. I wonder, too, if those necklaces the girls are always wearing are not disseminating hallucinogens somehow. Cheryl could straight up be hallucinating. Ethel and Betty hallucinated the Gargoyle King this season while on Fizzle Rocks, and I'm not talking about even in front of that statue. Okay, this is actually brilliant. So random thoughts and questions. One question they haven't answered yet is how Polly and Jason knew about the farm in the first place back in season one. Is there motivation for the Gargoyle King or whoever to try and trap and destroy some of the kids of the Midnight Club? Possibly. I mean, is there motivation? I don't know. Well, I would like there to be. Penelope said earlier this season, like, oh, the Gargoyle King is mad because um, two of the Midnight Club are happy now. Yeah. So like, it would make sense for... I mean, clearly the Gargoyle King has some vendetta about against the Midnight Club because they, like, I don't know, got away from him or something. That would make sense if that past Gargoyle King was how? The same Gargoyle King. Yeah. Yeah. It, like... That would make sense for why he killed Fred. Why he tried to kill Fred. Exactly. It, ha- it has to be... It has to be someone with the motivation to want to hurt the entire Midnight Club. Yeah. And Hal, I guess, checks out if he, fo- if he found out the sins of all of them. I feel like I would be kind of disappointed if Hal ended up being the big bad two seasons in a row that also feels very Riverdale that's true um uh, next question why didn't the Gargoyle King even attempt to go after Jughead exactly yeah I have no answer for this like was he afraid of a teenage boy with no muscle mass yeah I don't think okay this is really interesting so for also this email was written before this week's episode okay I don't think Tony was turned I think she was doing what she could to survive and actually be a mole the look she gave Betty when she pulled away was telling we didn't really get any mm-hmm. indication of that 
in this episode, I would love for that to be true, though. Yeah, I would really love for that. And she's, like, slowly trying to ease Cheryl out of it. Did Kurtz die because he didn't follow the mission and attempted to get out from the gargoyles? Was making that bank robbery not actually, well, bank bank robbery, it was Pops, um, not actually part of the plan because Kurtz failed in one way or another. And there could be numerous reasons I don't even have time to think about and soar through. Was he sacrificed like Warden Norton? Well, if Hal's involved with the gargoyle king, Kurtz would die at some point because he's a sinner. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Haven't seen Hermione lately. Gargoyle King? You okay, Hermione? You doing okay, bud? Lastly, also interesting thing I noticed, all the people that Edgar recruited to be Betty's bait to get her to the farm, her friends, family, are all people who have let Betty down or people she wouldn't consider her allies. Like, notice the people who Edgar hasn't gotten to. Only Archie, Veronica, Jughead shows he doesn't know her at all. <gasps> that's such a good point. Yeah. So thank you so much to Leah for sending in that email. I thought it had a lot of really interesting points in it. Yeah, I'm a little shocked right now. Like, I feel like Leah's figured out the whole season. Yeah. And I just want to say, I just want to say for the record, I'm already upset that the real answer is not going to be as coherent as Leah's. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Okay, so before we go into our segments, I tweeted out yesterday that um, I would love for people to send in some short clips um, of who they think the Gargoyle King is. I said, like, under a minute, tell me who you think the Gargoyle King is and why. And that's all I want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put that out yesterday. Right now, uh, as of recording, we have two. Okay. Which is great. If there ends up being more, unfortunately, we can't comment on them. But hopefully we will get some more and they will be included here. Um, I would just like to put out there the very first one, which is very, very important. It's from our very good friend, Casey. <gasps> Casey! Who does not watch Riverdale. Casey! <laughs> she just wanted to be included and she- I understand that. Would like to, well, let I'll let her speak for Okay. Herself. Hi friends. Um, My name is Casey. I'm a huge fan, a longtime listener of the pod. And I just wanted to suggest that the Gargoyle King is in fact Ms. Petunia Mullaney. Um, the evidence I have to back this up is that she resembles a gargoyle. Um, yeah, but that's just my opinion. I'm excited to hear what everyone else has to say. Um, and thanks so much for listening. Okay, you bye. So Casey wants us to consider that the Gargoyle King could be John Mulaney's dog, Petunia Mulaney, because she (laughs) resembles a gargoyle. (laughs) Doesn't he literally call her a gargoyle at some point? Um, And then we also have something from our good friend, King's Token. Okay, my theory for who the Gargoyle King is, is I think narratively it makes sense that it's Penelope. But I kind of hope it's not. Because I really like the actress and I'd really like her to stay on the show and not be carted off in the end. Um, My crackpot theory is that it is Daryl Doily and that he's not really dead because obviously we didn't see no body and he's the Gargoyle King. I love their theory, their crackpot theory that it's Daryl Doily and that he's not dead because we didn't see a body. Yes! Um, which I also love. I'm into it. I'm gonna be real with you. So if we got any more submissions since then, those will be included here. And I bet they are fantastic. I, Um, well, we have amazing listeners. So yeah, they probably will be. Yeah. So here are those. Hey guys, um, after we finished recording, we got another submission from our friend Mandy, who is at Short Socklings, and she had a really, really interesting theory that I'm really excited for you guys to hear about. 
Hey, this is Mandy. All right, I'm gonna record this for like a fifth time because they have always been way too long. But yeah, I'm gonna try this and I really have to go to work, so I really gotta make it fast. All right, so I'm just gonna jump right in because there's no easy way to do this. So I think it is a triangle of people, whether it's three or possibly more, I don't know, it's Riverdale. Um, so we know that Riverdale likes to give the fans what they want. That's why we have Bughead and why we still have Bughead. And when the Black Hood thing happened, everyone was like, it's multiple people, it's multiple people. We wanted multiple people. We didn't get multiple people. I mean, we kind of did, but not really. Um, so I think it is truly multiple people, sort of. I think it's mostly, for the most part, the same person in the costume. But it's like a, a triangle of villains working together. So I'm just going to jump right in. And I think Hal is person number one. Hal has done a lot of sketchy stuff, and we know this because, you know, he's a murderer. But he hasn't... Why does he keep pretending like he killed Chick? We know he didn't kill Chick. There wasn't a body. He even told Betty, you sent that boy to his death. Okay, yeah, but you didn't kill him. So why are you leading Betty on to think that you did? Also, when he was the Blackhead, he knew everything Betty was doing. He knew where she was going, what she was Googling, everything. So he knew that she knew where Charles was and that she was gonna go get him, bring him back, so he knew where Charles was. So I think he went in there, met with Charles and Chick, and was like, hey, come join my, my league of evil and get back at this terrible, terrible family that abandoned you, crazy stuff like that. So I think they took the bait. Um, I think that Charles is Edgar Evernever. Now, I know I've seen this a couple times, and it's usually dismissed quite easily. Um, but think about it. If FP and Alice are 50, he could very, very easily be 34. That said, yes, he's marrying his mom in a cult. But I mean, that's cult 101. Incest, come on. Um, also, just because they're getting married doesn't mean they like, I don't know, kiss and stuff. Um, but anyway, on to Chick. I think they sent Chick in to kind of mess up Alice. I think they sent him in to create dirt by killing that guy and then hiding that guy's body and then telling her that it's because of her her actual son is dead. Um, so then by the time Hal was like, surprise, I'm the Black Hood, she was just like emotionally and mentally shattered so that Edgar could come in and like, you know, farmy stuff um, and make her feel better. But, I mean, really. I still don't understand the obsession. I mean, like, if it's all to get back at Alice, and if Hal doesn't actually see Betty as his daughter and just miniature Alice, then I can see why he was trying to kill her in this most recent episode. But he also it didn't look as thick as normal. Like, it, it didn't look like that hood fit. Everything looked a little baggy. But... Now on to the things from this episode that kind of solidified my theory. Um, so the blonde dude who got the tattoo, it wasn't Charles. It must have been Chick. It had to have been Chick. There was nobody else. Also, that attack was totally set up to get Betty into that farm so the Black Hood and the farm and the Gargoyle King have to be working together. Also, there was one more thing I thought was quite sketchy. Does anybody else feel like in some scenes, it feels like it's everybody against Betty? Like everyone's giving each other strange looks like um, FP and Veronica in that episode. And Veronica's like, no, Betty, your dad's dead. Your dad's dead. Chill out, Veronica. 
Like, you're obviously just gaslighting Betty. But anyway, also, I just thought it was very odd they pull another Scream reference. Uh, so, like, someone we think is a good guy has to be a bad guy. Because that's, that's always what that means. So I'm so worried. I don't want FP to be a bad guy, but I'm afraid he might be. Like, he might. I don't want it to happen. But it might. But anyway. Well, this recording wasn't any shorter, but hell... <laughs> I tried. Okay, bye. See, I think this theory is so, so, so interesting because like we said about the Black Hood, it could be more than one person, which would make more sense because then you're able to take other people's reasonings and motivations and you don't have to worry about one person having all the motivations that would make the gargoyle king make sense you know like if all three of those people if one of them had one of those motivations then it would be able to make sense you know so i really think that this theory is interesting and i'm so excited for wednesday when we are finally going to figure out who the gargoyle king is so thank you to anybody who sent in their thoughts. We appreciate you. Um, and now it's time for our segment. My first segment is a sexual jughead question mark, question mark, question mark. Is the answer is yes, always yes. I don't care. Plus, I mean, really nothing in this episode. No. Just proved it. No. And my segment is which MILF was the bo- most badass? Mary. Hundo. Gotta be. I want Mary to be around more. Me too. I love her. Did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? No, but they spoke on the phone. Yeah, like, low-key, I guess. Eh. Um, now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Jughead for... Don't worry about it. it. should be a relief that your mom's not marrying a second serial killer. Because, of course, Alice <laughs> would marry two serial killers. Yeah, that checks out for her. If you marry the sheriff, you won't have a problem. He's not a very good sheriff, but he's very handsome and he has a gang. Mm. And mine goes to Cheryl for... Aren't you like 30? Are you like 30? 30? Oh god, I'm like 30. I know. Oh, I'm old. I know, and and Evelyn isn't... Is only 26. I hate everything. But Zoe's only 24-ish. That doesn't help. Now it's time for our trailer reaction. We have not seen the extended, so I'm Wait. excited. Is Archie boxing Hiram? Tired. Ew! I thought Hiram was a wrestling guy. Hiram's like, I contain multitudes. And I'm like, no. No. Three, two, one, play. Big change is coming to Riverdale. Hiram, if I win... Ew, they are boxing. I know. Tell me your fears. We are all in danger. Tell me your fears. Cuckoo pants. You're not gonna win this. Cuckoo pants. Cheryl, the cult member, says someone sounds cuckoo pants, just so we're clear. That's impossible. Riverdale. Okay. There's just, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, at the hundred. This is a direct call out. Your promos are bad. This is literally their, like, big episode of the season. And they still give us an extended promo. This is Chanel and the hundred promos are Walmart. Actually, that's an insult to Walmart. It's Kmart. (laughs) It's Zellers. How dare you speak of Zellers that way? Have you ever been in a Zellers? I've spent many a Friday in a Zellers. Why? Because that's where my grandparents went for breakfast. That, out of respect for your grandparents, I'm not going to say anything else. And they always made my eggs the way I wanted them. So don't you dare disrespect Zellers in that way. breakfast in a department store? Because it wasn't up to me, Brittany. I was six. (laughs) I love this conversation. Anyway, do not disrespect Zellers. When that turned into a target, I mourned. Zellers disrespected itself by going bankrupt. What did I just say? (laughs) 
Why do you speak of Toys R Us this way? Because Toys R Us Canada didn't go bankrupt. Were we talking about Toys R Us Canada? You just brought up Toys R Us. Yeah, but I didn't say Toys R Us Canada. I feel like if you could change the direction of the conversation, I could also change the direction of the conversation. I didn't change the direction of the conversation. Aren't we supposed to be talking about the promo? Well, yeah, until you disrespected Zellers. Do they have Zellers in America? No. So only Canadians will understand this (laughs) this discussion. Maybe. Anyway, don't talk about Zellers like that. So thanks to Riverdale for talking about the deaths that occurred. Yeah, at least someone's trying to investigate it. There are only two body bags here, though. I'm like, what about the headless guy in the closet? They're dragging another person out. Oh, great. Great. Yes, great. But it's like there's the Gargoyle King runes on the lockers there. So I'm like, so is Hal blaming it on the Gargoyle King? Because if so, the Gargoyle King sure didn't do his, like, MO while he was killing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. And also Jughead's allowed to be here for some reason. Sorry, I'm just really focusing on how hard Mark Consuelos is flexing. Yeah. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why either, but, um, arms. Also, boy, does Mark Consuelos love that sauna. Yeah, he got to spend a couple episodes in a sauna, and I love that for him. Yeah. You know what, though? The sauna probably wasn't even on, so they probably just had to spray him down, and he was probably just cold the whole time. Yeah. I think that Betty's being brainwashed. I agree. By staring at the little metronome. It's not a metronome, but like one of those things. Tick tock, tick tock. Yeah. Um, they're back in that bus for some reason. I guess okay, can I can I give you a guess that I don't know is gonna be true or not? Yeah. So there's somebody else in the bus with Jughead. Ethel. Is it Ethel? I think it's it Ethel. It doesn't look like it's Ethel. Okay, if tell it is, me. they're in a costume. But um I think Jughead's trying to return the gospel. That would make sense. I think that's what he's doing. Um, Kevin's mad at Betty, I guess. Probably because um, she stole his shirt. Yeah. Because she's wearing it in the TikTok area. She's wearing the farm shirt? Yeah. Oh, she sure is. And she's like, Kevin's like, Betty, I bought this one specifically too small so that everyone could see my pecs. Really upsetting. Um, Hal is scraping a... Ben... Man, car door hook hand. How is he keeping that on there? Belt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But like, when, you know. Don't look at me. When there's like a fake, when there's a fake hook, then you just hold it with your hand. But, like, when you don't actually have a hand, then, like, they need to, like, make it specially fitted. No, I know, but you need to have, like, a surgery to, like, make sure that it's, like, fitted on there. And it's, like, if uh, this, like, just happened, how do... I don't know how he found a hook so quickly that... No. Yeah. Doesn't look like it. Duct tape. Inside. whatever. I'm done talking to you. Nope. Now she just sounds cuckoo pants. Who's cuckoo pants? Cheryl, who's cuckoo pants? You're the one who joined the farm. Yeah, Cheryl, you joined a cult. Like, that's the pot calling the kettle cuckoo pants. Ethel is back in the bunker with Jughead. Ethel, I missed you, but I also didn't. Veronica's outfit is everything to me, just This is sad for Ethel, because she used to play G&G with Dilton and Ben in this bunker, and now both of them are dead, and it's probably hard to go back there. And also, she was the original Griffin the Gargoyle stand, and everyone else is just fake stands. Yeah. Veronica doesn't think that Hiram can win his little duel with Archie for some he reason. He can't. Have you seen Archie? Actually, have you seen Hiram? Yeah, that's that what I'm might be to say. a fair fight. Um, Jughead's running through the forest, but it's not night, so that's why I feel like the Gargoyle King probably isn't there. Where the heck is Betty? It looks like a meat locker. Is it Dr. Curdle? 
Is Dr. Curdle Jr. dead? Oh, Is she sad. walking into the morgue and Dr. Curdle Jr. is dead? If so, I'm upset. That would give me sad feelings. I'm upset if that happens. I like Dr. Curdle Jr. Archie is fighting. I can't believe that they are spending... Maybe it's just because I'm not interested in watching people fight. But, like, to me, every time they do a fight, I think it's just, like, taking up time. And the fact that this is, like, their big climax of an episode and they are using so much time that's just punching eye emoji i agree um okay okay, so in this next shot andrews versus lodge there are there are posters upon posters of like stuff for this fight yeah the thing that i'm interested in is the shot where someone is grabbing someone yes it looks like it's someone blonde grabbing tony because in the next shot that's tony sprinting through the woods yeah tony sprint oh you know what it might not be tony sprinting through the woods that might be Cheryl. okay it's tony sprinting but i think it might be cheryl being grabbed isn't that what cheryl was yeah that's what yeah it's what cheryl was wearing is what cheryl was wearing when she said cuckoo pants but it looks like tony running yes yeah it's cheryl being grabbed by chick or charles i'm just making things up oh my god wait these are dilton's boy scouts in the bus oh my gosh oh yeah yeah tony running more punching i don't care yeah dilton's boy scouts with jughead and ethel ethel's like i you know i have been in a series that had a really important bus also in a junkyard oh my god wasn't ethel in the sisters did she just go home she was did she just go home yeah okay well she yeah Yeah. charlie just went home she knows who the gargoyle king is betty's being dragged through where it looks like somewhere at the farm okay veronica's singing because josie's gone archie's been beat up by hiram listen it happened he says that's impossible because chick is supposed to be a dead because it's uh, it's it has to be chick because or because charles is supposed to be dead it It has has to be chick or charles it It has has to to be be one of them it has to be thanks cool (laughs) it has to be thanks thank you thank you thank you it has to be thank you yeah and that's uh that's what it is that's the truth that's that on uh that thank you so much for listening to this episode our music is terminal by good news tunes please if you are so inclined write us a review on itunes we like those and we also have a survey it's just perpetually open it's in the description um we'd love to hear some things that you like about the podcast and some things that you don't like about the podcast so we know what to change if you enjoy the hundred we like to talk about that show too uh we just started season six unbelievably mm-hmm. finally so uh come join us we're gonna talk about other murder teens it's a really good podcast we have a lot to say so we i would do have a lot to say we're talky yeah, and if you like chaos, that's also on this feed. Uh, season two is coming in between the seasons of Riverdale. Yeah. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. We're in the middle of season two right now, but we are we're on our way. Yeah, we are we are getting there. Um, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. Um, we're finishing season one right before season three starts, so if you need a refresher on season one before season three, there you go. We got you. Mm-hmm. You can follow the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, probably YouTube, but mostly Twitter with a dash of Tumblr. I try hard on our Tumblr. Please support me. Yes, yeah, um, and come to Sweet RiverCon. We'd love to see you. We will be moderating and trying not to. Uh, embarrass ourselves yeah we probably will though mm. our patreon is patreon.com slash the if you have a spare dollar we would really appreciate it yeah and once again if you can't donate for any reason that's totally okay 
Uh, the next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And the next episode is the big episode of the season, episode 321. It's called The Dark Secret of Harvest House. So The Dark Secret of Harvest Home is a 1978 American television thriller miniseries. The screenplay was based on the 1973 novel Harvest Home by Tom Tryon and is largely faithful to the original material. Okay. Didn't give me a plot summary, so I went to look at the original material because it said it was faithful to it. Okay. Nick Constantine and his family relocate from New York City to an isolated Connecticut village where the villagers adhere to the old ways, eschewing modern agricultural methods and having limited contact with the outside world. The villagers celebrate a number of festivals that revolve around the cultivation of corn. The most important festival is Harvest Home, which takes place once every seven years. And then it gets worse. Oh, okay. Okay, do you want to hear about it? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. So, um, it also didn't have a plot summary. It just had a very, very long plot summary. So I read it. Um, and to sum it up, basically these people like have this corn festival in which like one person is like a corn man and the other girl is like the corn maiden. And there's like, everybody gets like, it's kind of like that, that one episode of the Feast of Feasts in Mm. Sabrina, where it's like one person is like the main person and, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's this one dude who gets chosen as, like, the corn guy, and he's like, I don't want to be the corn guy. And we're like, why? You know, because he lives there and we don't. So we're like, um, why don't you want to be the corn guy? He's like, I can't be the corn guy. And he, like, runs away. And then, like, the main guy is, like, trying to, like, help him because he's like, I don't know why you've been banished from our town or whatever. It's, like, kind of weird. And they, like, intercept their letters so they find out where the guy who ran away is. And then when the guy comes to the Harvest Festival or whatever, they have burned that guy at the stake. Like, they found him and they murdered him. And then it turns out that, like, the corn guy has to do it with the corn maiden and then she kills him or something. Or maybe that just happened at the end of the book that one time. I don't know. Either way, it's messed up and it's about corn. Yeah, that's a lot of... Shangela is quaking right now. So, it's a dark secret and instead of being about Harvest Home, it's about Harvest House. So, let's find out what that is. Okay. Terror. Yeah. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Love you. Bye.